Welcome back, everyone, to another recording of the 72 podcast from CLBI and Camrose. So this is Dean Rostad. I'm the president of CLBI, and I've got a good friend of mine, James Paulgard, from Walnut Grove Lutheran in Langley, British Columbia, joining us today. And we want this podcast to give you some more stories to help you understand what God is up to here at the Bible School. And we're very curious of what God is up to here. And I was just telling James, I feel like it's like the disciples and the new believers in the book of Acts as, as they were scattered and sent out um, many times running for their lives. They just kind of did ministry. They just kind of figured it out as they went. And there are some, <laughs> some parallels that to what we're doing as at COBI, we've been discipling students and discipling them in a way that they are prepped to go out afterwards and disciple other people rather than returning to their churches and going, all right, pastor, it's your job to disciple others. No, God, your spirit lives in me. Jesus is in me. And now I get to share this with others. I get to train others. I get to disciple others. But for most of us, we don't know how to do that. And for many for many years, it's been uh, where we just know how to invite people to come to church with us, which is great to do. But we know in the Bible, it's a, that life on life stuff. It's Jesus hanging out with Peter, James, and John and, and doing life together. So CLBI has been on a journey, moving from a institution that disciples people in, in the classroom and in the dorm in Camrose, Alberta, to we disciple people and we send them out. And we send them out and where they land, they'll land in different places, in different churches, in different cities. And we want to encourage discipleship there. And we're excited about what that's going to look like. And we've had some great successes so far as we see Jesus waking believers up to how amazing the gospel is and how the gospel is transforming them and how the Holy Spirit is enabling them to help others. It's been a lot of fun. And the next chapter of this is in part of the 72. So the 72 is, of course, in Luke 10, when Jesus sends out the 72 to do ministry, uh, Jesus has called us and appointed us to go out and to join him in, in his mission, in bringing redemption to the world and to join him in making disciples. So for COBI, we are doing another experiment and this experiment is we're working with Walnut Grove Lutheran Church in uh, Langley, British Columbia, as a, as, a, as a partner with us to, um, to see if we can help them in, in their discipleship journey. And then we're praying that um, when we have students return to the lower mainland of British Columbia near Vancouver, uh, that there's be a wonderful church to, to, part, to partner with. And, uh, and they can also help us and do involve, be involved in some of the teaching. So we want this back and forth thing to be happening. So anyway, that's kind of the big picture of where this is going. And that's why I've invited James to join us today. And so James, I want to uh, well, thank you for taking time to be with me today. We meet quite a bit, so it's fun to, fun to connect. And could you tell us a little bit about yourself, James, and, and Walnut Grove and the, the journey that you're on? Well, I... Um... I uh, was born and raised not too awfully far from Camrose, a little town called uh, 
provost. And uh, I feel like uh, at times I'm a stranger in a strange land because um, I grew up in the era of Christendom and um, I grew up in a, you know, rural small town situation and uh well james you said was, christendom what do you mean by christendom well the idea that the church is at the center of society and that um it's seen as a value by people within society to be uh, part of the church and um, the church's voice uh, in uh, matters um, that are part of the conversation in any society is given value. And uh, so that's a very, very different situation than what's happening now. And so in terms of discipleship, what that looked like is um, uh, parents brought their kids to Sunday school and they used to give out pins for perfect attendance. And uh, those pins were worn with some measure of pride and, and uh, there was, um, Bible studies, usually it was the women that were involved in those. And, uh, and when uh, someone died, people would make casseroles and take food over. And so the, the church um, was, a, was a, there was a, there was a, you know, there was life happening and a kind of life on life um, relationships and, uh, uh, now, uh, I'm out here in uh, Langley, a suburb of uh, Vancouver, one of the largest cities in Canada. And uh, not only is it uh, different geographically, but it's a different time. And the place where I grew up uh, doesn't exist anymore. I mean, the town of Provost is still there, but the world is very, very different. And so the... Um, the things that were quite effective uh, for the church in terms of making disciples uh, don't work so well anymore uh, because the method in the past was you bring people into the church and uh, discipleship happens there. And it ha happens through uh, classes, but it also happens through relationship. And uh, the world we live in now, there isn't um, a value in our society for being part of a church. And so the um, attractional movement of the 80s, uh, the church growth movement um, was uh, positive in lots of ways, but it's built on the assumption that people want to come to a church, that they're looking for a church. And that assumption I don't believe is true anymore. And so uh, I think we're kind of, as a church, um, struggling to find our way in this new world. And it's, um, it isn't too big of a problem for God, but it's kind of hard for us sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> the world has changed. And it's, it's funny, sometimes when I go to church, it can seem like it hasn't changed. Sometimes it's like, hey, we've gone back in time. Um, beautiful people, but you know, we have this, a lot of, I grew up in that setting, just, Hey, we go to church. That's what we do. And then when I go to church, many times I'm surrounded by others who came from that 
that picture of Christendom. And uh, we have a wonderful time together and we miss it. And we miss the church being at center, but it is different now. Yeah. And uh, so what is, um, what is the, the city around Walnut Grove Lutheran like? Well, I, it, it, it's in many respects a typical suburban area. Um, I uh, um, did my uh, field work at, uh, in Sherwood Park. We lived outside of Sherwood Park when I was going to seminary in Edmonton. And I think of it as being very similar to Sherwood Park um, or Airdrie or Strathmore, uh, a suburban community that's on the outside of a larger community. Um, we are a growing community. Um, we're one of the areas where there's um, space to build homes. And so there's a large number of people moving into our area. Um, but it's a very, um, it, it, it's not, um, what am I trying to say? It's, it, people aren't looking for a church. And so even though there's, yeah. So, so it's just like, there's this opportunity and um, I like the way you uh, introduced um, the podcast and you talked about the d- disciples not knowing what they're doing, because that's how I feel. I feel like I do not know what I'm doing, which is a very uncomfortable feeling, but it's, um, actually probably the best place to start and the best place to be because uh, for me, I, once I get over myself, I can be more open to the spirits leading when I realize I don't really know anything. So one thing I like about your church, James is, so I grew up in Chilliwack, which is about 45 minutes away from you. And I grew up at Camp Luther out there and I got to know a number of, of, uh, especially in the Lutheran community, wonderful people. And I got to know Carl Keller. Mm-hmm. And I heard Carl was involved in this little church plant in Langley. And I remember hearing the stories before you had a building and trying to make this thing work. And when I, I brought a group of students out to hang out with you guys uh, last year, and um, the, the vision of your building and how it's used today, and that's, that's something unique about Walnut Grove. Can you uh, talk about that? Sure. Well, we are very blessed uh, because uh, Pastor Carl is our founding pastor. He started this church in 1988, and uh, right from the very start, he built into it that um, mission-minded DNA. There's always been a focus on missions. Um, and uh, uh, one thing he said to me one time is he made kind of like a, a promise to God because for uh, years we did not have our own building. And uh, so his promise to God was this, that if he ever, if our church was ever able to have our own building, that we would share it with other churches. And I'm assuming he said that because, you know, it was hard. A lot of the time uh, our church met in schools, but there must've been cases where um in the early days, they ran into churches that wouldn't share their building. So we have, um, there's a total of four churches sharing our building, um, or at least there was pre-COVID. We had uh, um, 
Trinity Community Church, which is a Chinese language church. Uh, they haven't come back yet. Uh, I'm hoping that they will. Um, we have uh, One Hope uh, Church, which is a Korean language church. And then we have uh, the River Fellowship uh, also meeting here. So that's an, uh, predominantly Anglo congregation like us. Um, it's, it's like an independent uh, church that's started up. But um, yeah, so we're glad to be able to share the building with them. And it's been um, a wonderful thing for us to share what God has given us with others. Oh, it's good. Yeah, I, it was fun hanging out with you. And we just stayed there at the church. We could experience these four different churches, very different churches. And it was a lot of fun. And one morning we... Uh, we're going to get up for the Korean prayer service. And so the only way we were going to make that prayer service is that if we slept in the church building, because I think they started gathering at five 30 in the morning. It was just really early and it was just a great experience. So um, that's a little bit about Walnut Grove, um, a very diverse church who is Jesus at work there. And they're, they're, they're making a go of it. They're figuring it out as they went along. So in this journey of discipleship, James, um, what were the inciting incidents moving you to grow in how you understand discipleship? Well, I think when I began, um, as I was going into pastoral ministry, I, I had very much that uh, kind of uh, attractional um, dream, you might say, and um, kind of like, um, I had read uh, at one point Rick Warren's The Purpose Driven Church and uh, had a, a big impact on me. And um, I think every pastor hopes that, you know, their church will grow. Um, but the inciting incidents are these that um, many is the time when I feel like I'm, uh, and this is kind of a, a crass way of putting it, but I'm trying to sell a product that nobody really wants to buy. And um, I shouldn't say nobody, but a lot of people don't want to buy. And so we are surrounded by um, excellent, excellent neighbors. And they're the, the, the age and the kind of people that in, um, in times past, um, would be looking for a church and they know I'm a pastor and we have a great relationship and we get along really well. Um, but there's just no interest or desire in, or any felt need at all for connecting with the church. Um, and then the other thing would be like, even with my own kids and some of them anyway, like it's just, um, there's not really an, 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 Church is not seen as something that they need. They feel they need in their life. And so I'm like, I think about that and I think like, what is going on? Because like we have this good news about the greatest gift ever. And then yet for some reason, it's not resonating with people. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, when I, I pastored a church here in Camrose for 11 years and my little brain, oh my goodness, I got myself into trouble internally, you know, that somehow I got to 
say it's up to me to say something witty say something that's going to amaze people to so they'll stick around so they'll be satisfied it's almost like because we have that consumer mentality and when people are checking out your church or whatever be them a new believer or someone who's just new to town or someone who's left their own church just you know that pressure of like okay how do i get them to stay and uh and it was hard for me uh, God's led me on a journey to come to the point of recognizing when the gospel does a deeper work in me and in this journey in discipleship for us here at the Bible school, um, it's been great for a midlife pastor to encounter the gospel in fresh new ways and where Jesus is setting me free from things that have haunted me in my life for my, you know, over all of my years and when I get set free from those things, that's the power of the gospel. And now I have something I can share with my neighbors as I see them go through those same things, be it the fear of conflict, be it the fear of whatever it might be. Um, it's not just about dying and go to heaven some days, but it's about experiencing life to the fullest right now. And then, but I found many people didn't care about eternity anymore. But they're like, does this make any difference for my life right now? Or is it just about better coffee, better guitars, Sunday morning? Like, no. Yeah, so this journey of discipleship is, you know, those people who hung out with Jesus and then they were, their eyes were opened and like, this is amazing. And that's what I've experienced and that's what I want everyone to experience as we keep going. So James, we're, we want to join Jesus in his mission to reach the world and he's going to help us make disciples. And so where is God asking you to pay attention to what he is doing in the in the ministry at Walnut Grove. Wow. Um, this might sound a little weird, but um, uh, lately the way God's bringing my attention in terms is in terms of, uh, I think he's trying to tell me about the work that he wants to do in me. And even with this, the COVID-19 pandemic, it's, um, it's been quite an eye-opener in, in lots of ways. Um, so so uh, Jesus is working within me, pruning all that John 15 kind of stuff. But um, it's for a purpose so that I can, um, you know, be more effective as a pastor and be a better husband and be a better father. So in terms of the ministry, because of uh, COVID and how our um, worship services got derailed, a lot of my focus over the last um, four months has been about worship and trying to get an online uh, worship service going. And then now we're in the process of um, uh, starting up an in-person worship service starting this Sunday. So that's kind of like, you know, the basics, even getting the basics back on track. Um, but then uh, oh, I realized that uh, looking ahead to the fall, um, we have to um, think about how ministry is going to happen. And though um, Zoom and some of these other online tools have been a, a great gift, it's not the same as being yeah. um, with somebody in the same room or mm -hmm. sitting across 
from them over a coffee at Starbucks and uh, doing life with them. So um, I had a birth- birthday recently and um, uh, some people in the church made a birthday video uh, for me. And as I looked at that video and I saw the faces and, and heard what they said, I realized every one of them or nearly every one of them, I've walked with them through a, a difficult time. And so uh, helping people grow uh, in following Jesus, um, it needs to have this relationship piece and it, and it, it takes time and, and like, I, I, it's just so hard because all of the ways we used to do it before are, are not available to us. And so, um, in answer to your questions, how are we going to do discipleship in a time of COVID-19? And, but, and then that's on top of how do we do discipleship in a postmodern world where the church is not in the center of society anymore. Yeah. And yeah. those aren't necessarily, um, I mean, those could be as easily opportunities as they are challenges. Yeah what's been freeing in this discipleship journey is realizing that this isn't us trying to do something and God is that absentee landlord far away, just kind of looking back. Hey, how's it going there? You guys done yet? How are you doing in that job of the great commission? It's not that it's Jesus is gone ahead of us and he is at work around us and he is faithful and we're, we're joining him in this and the responsibility is, is on Jesus and he is setting it all up. So, it, so in all these things, it's nice to say, Jesus, you got a, you got a big challenge. What are you going to do? Let's watch, you know, let's join him. Let's look to see what he's doing. And I love how faithful Jesus is to show up in what I call the context of our discipleship. So your context is exactly that figuring out in the midst of pandemic in a postmodern society to do figure out online services you're just launching in-person services and that is your context he is faithful to meet you in it and to love you and care for you care for your people um he is there so ah, that's comforting (laughs) i need to know that for my own life yeah this is not too big of a problem for god it's, this isn't a surprise to him. He didn't wake up one morning and go, oh my goodness, there's a pandemic going on down there. Like, no, he's not wringing his hands. Like he's, he's, got it, he's got it all under control. Everything's going to be good. Amen to that. So we've been exploring this idea of supporting discipleship initiatives using an online network, online gatherings. And um, as we explore that, uh, what are your thoughts about seeing it going across, you know, generation lines? Because CLBI primarily has been working with young adults. And this past spring, we did 12 weeks of um, weekly online discipleship gatherings using uh, people from different generations as well. And we'll, we want to grow in that. So what are, your, what are your thoughts about that? James, you think it's going to work? Uh, what are you thinking? I think that um, with the generations, uh, uh, the differences are not necessarily barriers because there's um, this desire to, to make disciples and to join with Jesus on his mission 
it cuts across the generations. Uh, some people in the older generations find uh, technology challenging, whereas the younger generations, they're digital natives, and so they, they adapt to it very readily. But for the older generations, and I guess I have to start including myself in that. But anyway, uh, it, it, it can be challenging. And so that becomes another barrier that we have to kind of help people with. And so when adapting new technology, if you can use something that they're already used to using, that can be a helpful thing. So again, pre-COVID, we used to have a Bible study in a senior's home and that got shut down because of the pandemic. But that place, and we got invited in there, which was a fantastic opportunity. That place is a huge mission field. And so there's, there's a need for Jesus um, by all people everywhere. And so if we can help people who are in the, the older generations reach their own people group, that would be fantastic. One thing was fun seeing in this experiment we just finished, you know, we had some uh, we had some young people in, in groups and we had sometimes um, the parents of, of friends and of other students in groups as well. And so it was a, a mix of ages and they got to appreciate one another and learn from one another and to see how Jesus is speaking through this 20 year old uh, to this 60 year old. And, and they got to be good friends and, and they pray for each other and support one another. And I was like, yes, this is what the church is to look like. It's not just 20 year olds or it's not just 60 year olds. So I'm excited about that. So I love stories. And so James, um, tell us a story of, um, that has inspired hope in you and the leadership of Walnut Grove in these uncertain times of a pandemic. I don't know what it's like for other pastors in other places, but um, one of the things that's really uh, encouraging to me is God has placed uh, gifted people here who have a passion for uh, reaching others with God's love. And when I see what they're doing, and often it has nothing to do with me, those are the kinds of things that encourage me. Um, and I think that uh, in, deep down inside me, there's this idea that, you know, the pastor has, a, has to do it all because that's kind of how, you know, we were trained. And I think that when I'm, I'm not sure the words uh, to use here, but when I'm, you know, Philippians 2 kind of stuff and I'm thinking of others, putting others ahead of myself and kind of getting out of Jesus' way, good things happen. And that's not only in the church, but it's also in me, that there's this thing that happens. Um, I used to think of dying to self as meaning doing some great thing for God or some making some great sacrifice. I think now that what it means is it's just laying down one's entire life and then simply receiving whatever it is that Jesus has. And, and those gifts that he gives are, some of them are personal and some of them are people. And I think it's the same thing for a church that um, sometimes as a church, what we need to do is kind of lay down what we've held on to or carried in the past and then be open to what Jesus has for us in the here and now. I guess that wasn't really a story. 
Oh, but it's the truth. Just recognizing Jesus in the everyday, getting out of the way. He's going to meet me in it. Jesus humbled himself and he meets me. Yeah, thanks. The other thing is we only have today. We don't have yesterday and we don't have tomorrow. We only have today. Amen to that. So James says, uh, as we go forward, so yeah, Walnut Grove and CLBI, we're going to go into partnership. It's going to be an experiment this year to see how we can have a, uh, a pipeline, ah, different type of, that's, that's a whole other controversy. But You can't uh, use that word out in British Columbia. It's been banned from the dictionary. So That's right. And so um, connecting our, these ministries that God has, has, has asked us to steward and look after, can we support one another? Uh, I'm very curious about where that's going to go. Um, but, I, I, but a question I want to ask you is, what are you curious about right now, James? I'm curious about what Jesus is going to do. <laughs> I am very curious because, uh, you know, from a, a human perspective, it's a pretty big mountain. But yeah, that, I'm curious about how we're going to do ministry. I'm curious about the ways that Jesus is going to lead us in, in terms of connecting with people. I'm curious about what the church is going to look like in 20 years. There's a lot of things I'm curious about. Good, good. Um, I've recently started watching on YouTube. Well, it's not on YouTube. Uh, it's called The Chosen. It's a, a crowdsourced uh, series about Jesus. And well done. Very well done. And they do so much character development in it, looking at Peter, look, looking at Nicodemus and others. And uh, as I have been watching it, I know the end of the story. So I know where they end up. But it's fun to see what Matthew, the tax collector, was like and how they're doing the doing his rich backstory because i know where you know we live in the book of matthew so often and so when i look at my life when i look at clbi when i look at walnut grove i have that same curiosity this is these are the characters that god is using and i'm learning as i get to know the leaders from your church i'm getting to know the backstory and some of them i knew already from my days at camp luther and yeah, I'm curious of where we're going to be because I've seen in the last few years as we've worked with young adults and as they've been growing in this journey of discipleship, they've become stronger and they're standing up more and much more confident in God to show up in their lives and to work through them. And in many of them, they're, they're dreaming big. It's like, God's calling me to do this. And Let's do it. Let's inspire one another. So, yeah. So, James, we're going to go into this journey together on this adventure, and it's going to be good. Well, thank you for coming on today, James. I wanted to introduce you to uh, people out there in the 72 network. It's a non-geographic discipling network, and this is, you know, this picture of CLBI and this congregation 1,300 kilometers away. It's a beautiful picture of that. So, um, yeah. God's doing beautiful things. So uh, thank you for tuning in, everyone, today. And God bless you as, uh, as you pay attention to how Jesus is at work around you, how Jesus is inviting you to join him on his mission, and how Jesus is desiring to do deeper things in you um, as he helps you to learn what it means to be his child, his follower. Thank you, everyone. Till next time. Au revoir. Thanks for listening to the 72 Podcast, presented by CLBI. 
Stay up to date with the newest episodes and subscribe today. For more information, check out the 72.ca or email us at podcast at clbi.edu. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, live as disciples and be the 72.